if you're not athletic, you're not going to do well. And if you're weak as water, you're not going to do well. So like, I don't believe when you used to call someone a strength athlete. Yeah. If you're a powerlifter who can't, you know, you know, walk and chew gum, I don't call you a strength athlete. You know, you're not an athlete, you're strong. And so same thing, like, you know, if you're super athletic, but you're not strong in the weightlifting world, you're not a strength athlete, you're an athlete. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to Coach Travis Mash. In some circles, Travis is best known as a champion, world record breaking power lifter, and his career in that sport is legendary. But fewer people know that Travis's first strength love was weightlifting, a sport he spends most of his time coaching these days. Travis joins us to talk about training athletes based on scientific principles, starting a collegiate weightlifting program, and his passion for strength research. We also discuss the supertotal, which involves testing athletes across both weightlifting and powerlifting events, and much, much more. But before we get into that, I want to give a quick shout out to today's episode sponsor, Athletic Greens. I first tried Athletic Greens back in 2012. It was already a massively popular daily supplement, and since then, they've undergone dozens of formulation tweaks, each an improvement on the last. It's the rare, all-in-one green supplement that's NSF certified, a must for competitive athletes, and also tastes delicious. I'm probably a bit biased because I love the subtle notes of pineapple and vanilla. Interested in trying it? Visit athleticgreens.com slash barbed to get a free gift with your purchase. Travis Mash, thanks so much for joining us. I'm a little bummed we couldn't do this in person because you're always a lot of fun to hang out with in person at uh, whether it's a USA weightlifting event or, or other things around the country. So I hope we can see each other soon. But I, I have to ask for those who might not be familiar with your career, there's a lot. Give us the, the Cliff's Notes version of, of your introduction to strength and kind of how your career's evolved as a coach and athlete. Well, luckily, you know, when I was younger at 11 is when I started working out and uh, it, kept, it kind of really kept me on the straight and narrow. Like I have, um, I have a brother who didn't do so well, who went down a really bad path. And so uh, luckily for me, it kept me focused. You know, it kept me, you know, believing that there's something better down the road and so I, I started training at 11 luckily in high school there were, we had what we called powerlifting in my little county that i'm from i'm from the mountains of north carolina way back in the mountains and um so we did and we did clean and jerk squat bench and deadlift so it was like four four lifts it's like an early version of the super total it was and so so like i've always enjoyed you know the super total, I think it's, I believe that to be the true test, you know, of who's a true strength athlete. I mean, that's just the opinion, of course. But um, then I went to college at Appalachian State University, where luckily this is the early 90s. Uh, I played football there, and our, our strength coach, Mike Kent, uh, was really uh, way ahead of his time, I believe. And so they taught us a lot of the Olympic lifts there. You know, we, we snatched, we cleaned, we jerked. Uh, of course, we squatted. Uh, the only thing he really didn't care about technique was bench. And he eventually told me, he's like, look, we only bench for your guys' confidence. He said he doesn't, he didn't believe that bench press, and I don't believe either that, has a whole lot to do with football. And so 
then after that, when I was about to graduate, he said, he told me, he said, you know, obviously you're not going to go to the NFL. Um, he said, but you know, when I say obviously, I mean, I'm a five, seven, you know, white guy. That's average. And so, so I wasn't going to the NFL, but he said, but you're really good at the strength movements. And um, I had all the records at the time for, you know, the clean and jerk. Um, we didn't keep the snatch as a record, but we did the clean and jerk. He said, so you should really look into doing, you know, weightlifting. He started telling me about uh, Colorado Springs, you know, the Limit Training Center. And then right about that time, we had uh, we had Lynn Jones. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's a he's a super big character in the in the weightlifting world. And he used to be one of the main people at USA Weightlifting. And so he gave me my I did I took the level one way back in 1995 or six. It was a long time ago. And so I took that course. And then on a whim, I decided to move to Colorado Springs. I knew that that Wes Barnett, the two-time Olympian, taught weightlifting at the World Gym there. And so I literally <laughs> packed everything in a car, drove across country. It was 23 hours. I drove straight through, straight to the gym, and not even looked for a place to live. Luck, so lucky, man. I'm just thinking about like how luck that was. Walk in. I was like, is West Barnett here? And they're like, sure. They showed me there's a, a ringed off section. This gym is still the best gym I've ever seen. The ringed off section for weightlifting. He was there. I said, look, man, I just drove 23 hours. Will you teach me? He said, yes. And so then kind of really the rest is history. I, I started weightlifting, um, made, did well enough that they invited me to the training center about a year later. My dad got sick, almost done. Cliff notes, I'm almost done with this. So um, my dad got sick, so I moved back home to North Carolina. At the time, there wasn't a lot of um, weightlifting. There was no CrossFit, so it wasn't like there was bumpers on every corner. So I started powerlifting. You can powerlift anywhere, and then um, that problem, looking back, that was probably a blessing because even though I was pretty good at weightlifting, I'm better. I was obviously better at powerlifting. I ended up you know, um, winning the world championships. It was the WPO was the big thing. Back then, it's where Ed Cohen, all the big dogs, Steve Goggins, all those guys were. But one that three times um, broke the all-time total world record twice. Of it. it was Ed Cohen's. Um, it, it stood forever, and people thought it was untouchable. So I broke that, and then um, then Muscle Driver. I'm almost finished with my story. Oh, Muscle good. Driver. This is what we ask. We're, we're looking for the story. Good. Muscle Driver moves into town. Um, I'd already at this time started you know, working with athletes, and I started you know, messing around with weightlifting again, coaching wise and uh, muscle driver moves in my backyard. And I'm like, I'm like fascinated that this thing in my life that I, di I didn't get to finish, um, you know, it, it was, it had moved to me. So I drove on a whim down to, uh, I'm like, I'm a guy who acts on impulse, which is good and bad. But so I drive, the, I drive down there to Charlotte. Um, it was Fort Mills actually, but same thing, like half half a muscle driver was Charlotte, half of it was right on the border. So I drove there, and uh, luckily, uh, Glenn Penlay was there, and Donnie Shankle, and John North, and I walked in, and uh, and luckily, this is another lucky thing, uh, that Glenn Penlay knew who I was, and that, the rest is history. Here I am coaching weightlifting, and uh, it was really my love from the very beginning. I love powerlifting too, but like, the movement of weightlifting fascinates me. And so it really has more of my fascination than, than powerlifting. And here we are, you know, 28 USA athletes later, I'm in weightlifting. It's so interesting to me that it was really an issue of equipment availability in the 90s that kind of changed your, your trajectory. We take it for granted now. But I, I first found weightlifting, I think it was two, you know, around 2008, 2009. And you're right, CrossFit gyms weren't on every corner. 
you you wanted to lift, you'd mostly have to go to a Globo gym and use iron plates, and that's fine. Don't I mean you could do a lot of great training with that, right? But the availability of the equipment, it really influenced how a lot of people trained and which strength sport they they went to. So it's very rare to talk to someone from that era who had an introduction so early on to to both sports. And I do have to uh, I do have to bring this up. You're a big proponent of the super total. Something we talked about. That's where you're you're competing in all three of the powerlifting uh, movements and both the snatch and the clean and jerk. Right. Um, it's something that you've kind of become synonymous with, right? A lot of your athletes have have competed in it. You you've had uh, held competitions um, at at, at Mash Elite Performance. Talk a little bit about the the super total, if you don't mind, about your approach to training for it, about why you encourage athletes to to pursue that, and why you think it is truly the best test of strength overall. Because, like, if you look at powerlifting, you'll find some very strong guys who have not one athletic bone in their body. However, on the weightlifting side, you'll you'll find people that are incredibly athletic who can do really well but are really weak as water i mean i shouldn't say weak as water like um tom suma he's probably the best weightlifter i've ever coached i'm, I'm pure weightlifter he moves his movement he's fearless he's, he's fast but he is not strong like you know if he went to the powerlifting world he would be like last place but in weightlifting he's like top so like if the super total is a place where you can't hide if you're not athletic you're not going to do well. And if you're weak as water, you're not going to do well. So like, I don't believe when you used to call someone a strength athlete. Yeah. If you're a powerlifter who can't, you know, you know, walk and chew gum, I don't call you a strength athlete. You know, you're not an athlete, you're strong. And so same thing. Like, you know, if you're super athletic, but you're not strong in the weightlifting world, you're not a strength athlete, you're an athlete. So it's a place where those two come together, uh, you got a guy like um, Nathan Damron, who used to be with me. Who he did a, he did the super total on a whim and did great. Except bench press, he's definitely weak uh, in the bench press. But but he could you know deadlifted. This was when he was still a junior athlete. He uh, squatted see six sixty five. This is in pounds, like three hundred something kilos. He deadlifted two hundred seventy five kilos, like six oh five. Bench like one hundred twenty five, two seventy five pounds. But but um. And then, of course, he snatched and clean jerked a ton. But, you know, that's he's a true strength athlete. Nathan is going to be strong no matter what he does, no matter what sport he does. Uh, he's going to be strong. So is so is Dylan, Dylan Cooper, who I coached. That guy, he might, uh, if he worked at it, I feel like he might be the better super total even than um, than, than Nathan. So Because uh, he's just all around very strong. So, anyway. We'll get back to the conversation in just a moment. But first, a quick shout out to our episode sponsor, Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is the daily all-in-one supplement with vitamins, minerals, probiotics, adaptogens, and more to help your body perform at the highest level. It mixes easily, tastes delicious, and is a personal favorite way for me to start the day. And yes, I actually am a repeat customer. Visit athleticgreens.com slash barbin today to check it out. Now let's get back to the conversation. Who do you think... Is the be- could be the best super total athlete you've ever worked with. It's obviously something where like very few people are spending a large portion of their strength careers training for the super total. It's something I know you've been trying to change and encourage more people to go toward, and it's it's a, it's a pretty cool thing objectively. But who do you think someone you've worked with and you're like, hey, if they train for it, they'd be the best super total athlete. Period. Oh, uh, 
you know, Tommy Bohannon, who was a fullback in the NFL, if he did the super total, he'd be unbeatable because he is just absolute. I know he would train with John North in weightlifting, and that's when he was, you know, a fullback for the Jets, and he would go toe-to-toe, snatch and cleanser, but then, you know, of course, squat bits and deadlifting, it was not even close. So I would say he would be, uh, on the girls' side, Sarah Johnson, who, who is doing super total, who is incredible. She's like a world class powerlifter and darn near that in, in weightlifting. So she might be, the, is a, I mean, unless I'm forgetting someone, I would say she would. I think Hunter Elam could be, you know, but, you know, she has a, she's yet to, to mess around in that world, but uh, she probably could be because she's very strong. Uh, so that's who I'm thinking. You know, uh, Morgan, you know, um, Morgan McCulloch, that dude, you know, except he's kind of like he's kind of like uh, Nathan when it comes to bench press, so that would hurt him pretty badly. And he, uh, but he's, you know, he deadlifts over six hundred pounds. You know, he's obviously he squats over six hundred pounds, and so at seventeen years old, so he might end up being that. Um, but those would be the ones I would mention off right off kilter. If you could take any athlete from the strength world, I mean, CrossFit, weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman, arm wrestling, like you name it, you can take any athlete and you could just work with them for a few years on building up mm. to a super total. Who, who would it be? I, I, don't care what, I don't care which strength sport it's from. It could be even, you know, not even directly a strength sport. I mean, you know, like, uh, are we talking drug tests or non-drug tested? Ooh, uh, that's a great, that's a, that's a great question. Um, Let's go drug. Let's go drug tested. Um, of all the people I've met, let me think about that. That is a great question, man. Um, definitely. I mean, like if I could train, you know, Tommy would be one. Uh, oh, definitely. Um, if I could, if I could take, he's a. You're talking about just strength sports or any yeah, sport? Just, just strength sports. Just strength sports. That's a tough one. Like, okay, uh, what about what about people I mentioned? What about any sport? What about any sport? Let's open that up. Oh, this uh, I coached a guy named Cade Carney who played four years for Wake Forest, who is an incredible strength athlete, and just the way he moves, like he could easily, you know, snatch a clean and jerk, but he's just incredibly strong and like explosive and powerful. You know, he, he ran a, a four four forty yard dash for anyone who knows. He had a forty inch vertical leap. You know, he could clean. He's he's he cleaned well over four hundred pounds, and just he just moves well. So he would be if he wanted to. He ends up. I think he wins. So, so it's a lot of like the 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 prototypical elite running back is is kind yeah. of is kind of the skill set you're really looking for here. Running back uh, or linebacker, I would <clears> say those would be the two. You know, an athletic linebacker, like a you know, um, I don't know, name your athletic guy who can move. Those linebackers can move like the running backs nowadays. So yeah, either one of those two positions would be the one I think that I'd be looking for, or a smaller, you know, DB who's smaller who is strong and athletic, but. That would be the ones, yeah. Football's got to stop sucking up all the really good, all the really good athletes, Travis. That's the problem. Well, I think we got to get better at recruiting those short guys. You know, like you know, I hear that, I hear that a lot. Like football gets our athletes, or or export gets our athletes. But man, how many of those athletes are like you know what is the average weightlifter? Five seven, probably. I'm just throwing it out there. So I think we in America we got to get better at recruiting. Uh, I think we've made giant strides and that Phil uh, has done a great job of, of taking us X, but we still have a long, long ways to go if we really want to be what I would consider a great sport, but we've done, it's been great. This quad, well, I guess we're still in it since of COVID, but this quad has been 
huge, I think, for the sport of weightlifting. And going from like people laughing at us to I think we're at least one of the top three you know teams in the country or in the world. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. And you're talking about Phil Andrews, obviously, who we've had on the podcast before, CEO of USA Weightlifting. It's been been pretty interesting to see the growth of that sport, not only in the US, but also the performance difference at the highest level of international competition. If, if membership grows 10x in USA Weightlifting, which it has in you know, the past decade or so, that's great. But you also want to see those results on the international stage, which we've also sure. seen as well. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about you as a as a as a weightlifting coach, which is which is your kind of primarily what you're known for now of the seven different roles I'm sure you have to juggle each and every day. How many athletes do you have? And tell us a little bit about you know what is kind of the Travis Matt Travis Nash approach to coaching not only individual weightlifters but you know, that team. Right. Well, um, right now I have, you know, I have the, I have the team at Lenore Ryan university is that is my primary, primary team. As far as the elite athletes outside of that, you know, I still have, um, Hunter Elam. I have Jordan Kentrell and I have two girls in Denmark who are uh, both very good. And then I have a few others, but those are the ones I'm known for, but those are my focus. I, you know, I coach some people online as well who have some up and coming, you know, there's a, another Nathan who's up and coming who I think could be really good, but we'll see. Um, but that's the main people I coach. Um, my, my goal is to take the team at Lenore Ryan and establish a winning program. The problem with the, the collegiate programs up until now is, you know, you send someone to whatever school and then they get worse than when you sent them. That was a big, you know, a bunch of coaches would get together and we discussed that, that, you know, I don't want to send them to, you know, I'm not going to name any names and because I don't want them to get, you know, go there and then, you know, fizzle out. So we started this program, Illinois Ryan, but then there's more. I, I want to establish my goal. My ultimate goal is to have five full scholarship for boys, five full scholarships for girls, and like establish something where, you know, a parent can see that there's something in it for their kids more than just, you know, going to a weightlifting event. So that would be my my goal. That will be my legacy. And that will be the last thing I do in weightlifting. Like, you know, I would say sometime after this next Olympics will be, uh, I won't ever leave the sport, but what I'll do is transition to more of a you know, I'm working towards a PhD right now and I, I've looked, you know, my goal is to be a professor and then work on, you know, research as it relates to weight, well, strength in general, but weightlifting strength. Um, so that, that would be my next step in life. And so. Do you have a what did you have a, a thesis topic for your PhD yet? Oh yeah, that's easy. Yeah, I'm gonna you know re- youth resistance training is going to be you know we're trying to narrow that down, but it'll be something along that you know I have a I have a, f- a four year old and six year old boy and I have a two year old girl and my four year old and six year old are already doing this and then you know they're four and six but they move really well and so uh, they're gonna they move better than I do and my four year old might very well be a mutant he's so strong like he is he's not normal as a four-year-old i was watching him they're doing wrestling right now too and like you go there and as a parent you know you're like you think your kids are going to be good at it but you don't know until they do it and so uh wednesday was their first time actually wrestling and so i was nervous i was like man i hope they don't get thrown around but they did not get thrown around it was like it was what i thought and it was really cool to see them handle people so easily but they, they did the throwing around it's oh like they did it was like i was so proud and i was sitting beside a dad who is the dad of the kid getting thrown and i was just trying not to react i was just keeping my mouth <laughs> so i was so proud i mean obviously you can tell but um anyway but 
as far as like you know you said earlier about my you know me as the coach my my uh, my my biggest approach nowadays is data is like is trying to get to a point to where when, you know when i turn the program over to somebody is it yeah, you know, it's a very data-driven program. It's like I think Spencer Arnold does a great job. My goal is to, you know, I'm trying to take. I'm working on this, you know, data set right now that I think will, yeah. You know, I mean, when you say change the game, I think it will definitely improve it. It'll improve your decision-making process about, you know, when to hold back, when to go push it, and uh, you know, mainly what you're trying to do is like you want to push them to that. You know, you want to push them to uh, adapt, but you don't want to push them past to where you're getting hurt. So I'm building a really cool set of data points that will, you know, I think it's going to give me, give other coaches too, some really good ideas on decision-making on day-to-day process uh, basis. But that's where I've become now as a coach. I feel like I'm more, you know, data-driven, uh, you know, assessing the athletes, you know, trying to make as as few as subjective decisions as possible. But yet we all know that still, no matter what you do, the art of coaching is going to come into play. So, yeah, it's it's blending that art with the science. I'm 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 curious. Uh, running a a university weightlifting program, it's something that it's not like it hasn't existed before in the United States. Right. There's some examples of of, of university, universities that have done that. Scholarship athletes in weightlifting, it is it is a thing. It's not brand new, but it's still pretty rare when you compare it to other sports. You know what I mean? It, it's not it's not nearly as prevalent as like basketball, swimming, track, things like that. You know, was this a weightlifting program that you helped establish at, at the university? Yes. It was my, literally, um, I, I knew a professor here who's now my professor, but uh, Dr. Cook. It, it's funny, we graduated Appalachian around the same time, Appalachian State University, and we took, I didn't know this, but we took our level one together you know, under that Lynn Jones. Remember I said that earlier? And so then fast forward several years, and I took my level two, you know, uh, several years ago under him he taught me my level two and we became friends and then one day at a meet um I'd, I'd mentioned to him i wanted to establish a really solid university program and he come up to me and he said are you serious about wanting to do that and i said yeah i'm dead serious he's like if i get you an appointment with our athletic director we you, you know will you come and present i said of course and so he, he's within a couple of weeks he'd set me up an appointment and i presented to uh, our athletic director kim pay here and um and the assistant ad aaron brock and they told me literally they did it out of respect for dr cook but then when i presented after it was over they knew that it was a unanimous unanimous decision is yes it, it was the question would be how we're going to do it but anyway so yeah from ground, it was my idea. I established it. You know, they backed us really well. You know, we do have scholarships. It's just, you know, it's not, a, I don't think anyone has a full scholarship yet in America, but um, my goal would be to get to that point to room and board, everything, books, everything is paid, is my goal. It's like, you know, we just got to give these kids a reason. And then, the reason I even started talking about that is like, we got it. Then you can use it for recruiting. We got to be able to go to these kids that maybe are not weightlifters, you know, maybe the, the really athletic, you know, five foot six football player who's incredible, but yet he's five, six and no one's giving him a shot. Like, you know, how about coming to, you know, to do weightlifting? That's, you know, we just need to find more of those athletes. And so how many athletes are currently in in the program there at the university? We're at 17, like right out of the gate. So, uh, and we just won the national championship. The boys did. Congratulations. So, in our, thank you. In our very first year, so our inaugural, year, which was my goal. So now we're looking to do that. You know, the goal next year is men, women, and co ed. I think 
for, for some of the recruits that were getting, I think we're well on our way, but you know, we'll see next year. So are you primarily recruiting athletes who are, who are weightlifters in high school and you're basically trying to, to convince them to come to the university, be students there and also, and also be on the team? I'm looking for, yes, current weightlifters who are doing are, are good, but I'm also looking for track and field, um, primarily throwers or sprinters, you know, uh, I'm also looking at gymnastics, of course, or any of those, any of those explosive, you know, like a, if you're a running back right now and you're listening, like, and you're not getting a scholarship, give me a shout if you're really fast and strong. But those are, I'm trying, like, I have one right now who I took a chance on giving a scholarship, and his name is Tank, and uh, <laughs> name, yeah, he really is a tank. So uh, it was a risk, and when he first got here, I was worried because he he had never, um, he really never cleaned. He'd done some hand cleans, but. So from zero, so he just ended up competing at the University of Nationals and did really well. I think he snatched uh, 115 and clean and jerked 150, and he never performed the movements at all in his life. So I'm happy. Uh, and how long did you take him from never having snatched or clean and jerked to those to those numbers? How long was that? For? September to the beginning of March. And so <laughs> that's that. I mean, he clearly had some base of strength to be able yeah. to hit those numbers. That's pretty incredible. He, he, he moved his pull, believe it or not. Uh, it's, if you looked at his pull, his mechanics would be, you would think he's Ilya or he reminds me a lot of Nathan Damron in his pull. What he doesn't have is that, uh, natural instinct to pull under, you know, like a thrower just goes one direction, you know, they don't go one direction to change. So he's getting used to that, but he's, he's improved a ton. Like you would, if you, I have videos before and after. It's just, I was really scared for a minute. I was like, man, I made a bad decision here. And then now I'm super proud of him. And he's, he's strength wise. He will be stronger than Nate. He'll be, I think he'll squat more than anybody I've ever had. Like he's, he's already squatted 280 kilos. He's 18. And so. Well, that's that's one of the benefits of youth, right? It's wasted on the, on the young, and that you have that that confidence. You know, you're not. I was talking to, to Cheryl Hayworth recently, uh, who won an Olympic bronze medal at age 17, and she said the reason she did so well at that Olympic Games, or one of the reasons, was because she was too young to realize she shouldn't do that well. Yeah, yeah. That youthful confidence—it's a heck of a thing. Well, you know that you know you don't have your cortex is not fully developed, especially in men, even more so. Like they're still several years away from having that, you know, part of their brain that makes them like you know doubt or you know fear or any of those things. So yeah. So yeah, take this take this from a guy working on his his PhD, folks. Yeah, young young men, if you're listening to this and you're you're a young man and you're you know late teens and early twenties, sorry, but you know. Your, your, your brain's got a little ways to go there. We can, we can talk about all sorts of stereotypes about dumb decisions that young men oh, make. I but, made uh, them. Yeah. There's, a, there's a bit of a, yeah, there's, there's a bit of a biological basis for, for how your brain changes at that age. I told, uh, 100%. Like, I'm so glad I waited to get married until I was older because I was just, if I'd married before 30, it would have not turned out well. So <laughs> I was cr- crazy. Well, we're, we're going to actually have to record a separate podcast on just like life advice from uh, from Travis Mash, just looking back, have nothing to do with weightlifting. It's just like just tell you what not to do. Yeah, no. if a guy tries to sell you a dog, here's what you do. That's, <laughs> that's going to be yeah. that sort of stuff. Well, what kind of uh, you're very data oriented in your in your training, but what what kind of program? And obviously, it's, it's individualized some for the athletes. Sure. What, what does the program generally look like for the weightlifting athletes at the university, as far as like number of sessions per week, uh, things like that? Well, you know, I'm all about you know getting you know. At, trying to give the smallest um, 
dosage possible to get a stimulus and so um, to get and to create an adaptation. So right now, there's no one that's going more than, you know, six times a week. And so, yeah, we're not doing two days yet because everyone is still improving. And so I'm not, you know, I think too many people make that move to go into, you know, two days when there's no point. And that then, because here's the problem is that all of a sudden, if you up your volume and to this X amount and you're doing now these like, you know, 11 sessions a week or 12 sessions a week, you can't go backwards on that. Like you can only go forwards. And so I'm trying to get, you know, an adaptation from the smallest dosage possible. So no one's, no one has stalled out, but the second they do, you know, when, when their data says, Hey, they're, they're not improving. Then, Hey, then by all means we'll go two days every day, you know, but, I'm going to do that when it says not because so-and-so is doing it. It makes no sense. You know, if you look at like, you know, like West kids, he, he, he's two days, he's 30, you know, like he's got 30 years of volume accumulated, but my guys are, are like the oldest one is, is 20 or there's one guy on my team, 21. And so those dudes, they just don't have that, you know, volume accumulated yet. So I'm definitely not going to jump up until I have to. However, I do believe there will come a time. I hope, you know, I have things, you know, I'm looking when it comes to Morgan McCulloch or uh, Ryan Grimsland, you know, I do believe, you know, they're going to make a good run at the Olympics. And so there, I do have it mapped out to where I believe that, where I believe based on their data that they will start two days. And, and so by the time they're rolling into, you know, those last couple of years before 2024, yeah, I think they will be at two days, but you know, if data, if they're improving on, you know, six or seven days, I'm not going to do it, you know? Um, yeah. One thing I've noticed about your athletes, and, and, and it makes sense given your, your focus on athletes who are just strong. You want them to move well, right? But you'd also like them to be strong. Most of the athletes that I see uh, that work with you, they can squat basically a tractor trailer. Pretty, pretty much, you know, there, there are a lot of very strong legs in the mass circle of athletes. Um, what kind of, are you, are you doing any particular squat programs that you're putting folks on? Is there any type of, yeah, I always like to ask this of coaches, like, what's your favorite squat program? Do you have one or is the secret just, you know, to cr- provide that stimulus at the minimum level frequently right. over time? Here's what I would do if I was anyone out there, if you could, if you could find the time to do a force velocity profile, I believe you can find out is my athlete, you know, strong and slow or fast and weak or are they perfect? And so based on that profile will be, you know, that will tell me what I should do. If someone is on the, you know, the, like, okay, here's a power lifter, you know, like we have, you know, JC who is, you know, grind jc grinder he was uh squat already he squatted 300 kilos and he's 17 years old and he is absolute tank and he's he has benched is it 210 yeah 210 kilos at 17 years old so what i did with him is you know we just literally go two a days because he's he's done squats only twice a week because he's super strong and but he wasn't moving quickly so like one day is speed and one day is like a max effort or traditional volume type program and when we switched to that like his numbers skyrocketed we were doing squatting three or four times a week early on and seeing some progress but when i did a force velocity profile and we switched it to only two days, one day speed, one day, you know, traditional volume. He's skyrocketed. So you really do need to look at your athletes and like figure out, even with squatting, just squatting, you need to figure out why is their squat weak? Are they slow? You know, are they, you know, are they, are they uh, fast and weak? 
you know, like figure it out and then give them only the dosages they need. If someone is super, is super fast, but super weak. And you know, when it gets like I had a guy, uh, there's a guy on our team, Riley Bresky. He, that dude, he could squat, you know, uh, he was really fast, but he was not good at those absolute strength numbers. So when it got over 90%, things dropped drastically. Instead of a nice linear, you know, drop off, it dropped like a cliff. So what we did, we went for high frequency. So he's, you know, more of a squat every day type program. And then his, then his uh, squat skyrocketed. So I, I don't believe that there is one program. I think people make that mistake. Matter of fact, I think, you know, you'll have a, I don't want to name any names, but you have X program and they do that program all the time. I mean, yeah, it's going to work for some people and some people not because it's going to fit an X number of people, you know, because they, you know, they fit in that, you know, archetype. And so like, uh, you, you do need to personalize things. Like our program is so much harder, but it's, it's so much better. So like right now, if you looked at like our teams, you know, the, the sheets I have, I have, you know, I just do it on Google sheets, but you know, I have the main one. And then everyone gets their own, own tab as I personalize it based on them. Like some people squat twice, some people three, some people four, based on those um, that force velocity profile, and of course, based on what I see. So, and again, that's blending the art and the science of coaching together. Right. It's, it, it's 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 a marriage, whether you like it or not. At that point, right. Well, Travis, thank you so much for joining us. Where's the best place for people to keep up to date with with what you're doing with your athletes um, and and I guess pretty soon with the research that you're diving into? Oh, obviously, MasterLead.com. Um, you can go to Instagram, MasterLead Performance. Also, if you want to check out LRU Weightlifting, that's Lenore Ryan University. That's our, that's our Instagram for weightlifting. And like DM me there if you want to maybe try out for the team or if you know someone who does. Yeah, do that. Or if you want to help, you know, if you want to partner with us, by all means, you know, that's my main goal is to help me build this program. That will be something good for USA Wave for a long time after I'm gone. So that's what I want to do. 